Hello, I'm Fiona Ritchie. My mother moved in with me a few years ago as she needed a little help to remain independent because she was losing her eyesight. My observational musings are the reason I remain sane. This is my weekly diary, so you know what shenanigans we've been getting up to. It must have been six weeks ago when I received a text suggesting mum had her fifth COVID inoculation. So I went online and made an appointment. When the booking was confirmed, I was issued with a number and in large, bold red print, it stated that the number was critical to confirming the appointment and it must be locked away in a safe place until the allotted date. It was then to be transported equally as carefully to the surgery on the day the inoculation was due. In other words, don't lose it or the firstborn gets it. I'm the secondborn, so I don't give a stuff. I printed off the reference number and thought for safety purposes, I would carry it in my bra. Sadly, that would mean taking Boy Scouts with me to rummage around and find it because I was fearful it would never see the light of day again. I've lost candles and lampshades down my bra before now, so my big knickers was the only solution. Unfortunately, as my backside in pants looks like a badly packed parachute, I opted for secreting this vitally important piece of paper down my sock. On the morning of the appointment, I strolled into the kitchen to see mum's makeup on the kitchen cabinet. To be fair, knowing that I was going to be asked to apply her eyebrows helped me cope with the fact I was having to put up with a bad-tempered ratty woman for at least another couple of hours. Mum was finally ready with 10 minutes to spare, and that's when she asked me for a scarf. I knew I had a long one in the car, so I assured her of this fact and carried on finishing my wine. Two minutes passed and I got mum to the front door where she reminded me again about the scarf. Further assurances were made and having locked the front door and made it to the car, mum thought she'd better remind me one more time that she needed a scarf. Having counted to ten, I grabbed the scarf from the boot and handed it to her. Just as I sat in the car, she admonished me. I thought I said I just wanted a short scarf to wear. This one's way too long. I can't possibly wear this. I just need something that fits around my neck. I went back into the house and 15 minutes later, I handed her a knitted noose and then we set off. It was now quarter to 11 with an appointment scheduled for 11. All mum spoke about in the car was that the new scarf was also wrong, so she wouldn't bother wearing either. My silence was stony but my complexion was nice and pink, which matched my eyes, so that was nice. We arrived, left the car, and all the way to the surgery, she complained of having a cold neck. So I removed the tie iron from my belt and unzipped the body bag, sorry, suggested she did the top button up on her coat and stepped lively. The queue was five deep, so I steered her straight to a chair in a substantial waiting room. It was so hot that mum undid her top button and I just caught her eyebrows making their way down her forehead. I then joined the back of the queue. I completed the crossword by the time I'd reached the front and went over with my precious, highly secret number code. The kindly man didn't look up. What's your name? Fiona Ritchie, what's yours? What time is your appointment? Half an hour ago. Apparently no one likes a smart Alec. 
So I pointed out mum, explained she was blind and as likable as sunshine and had her highly important secret number just for her down my sock. He said he didn't care. He had a barcode and a scanner so I could just move along to the other interminable queue and wait my turn. Three hours later, I reached the front and went to grab mum. By now, she'd unbuttoned all of her coat and her eyebrows were dripping onto her cheek. I'm not sure this look will catch on. However, she did have her own personal space. I need to take my coat and cardigan off. Don't just stand there. Why do they make these places so hot? I know you're standing there because I can sense your enormous shadow. A nice young man popped his head around the corner and asked us to follow him. What's your name and date of birth, please? He asked mum. Absolutely nothing. I glanced at mum's eyebrow crayon filled ear and realised she hadn't remembered her hearing aid. I was just about to answer on her behalf when he bent down to mum's level and repeated the question, but much more slowly, as if she had some sort of mental disorder. Still nothing. Again, I went to answer, but this time mum looked at me and asked, is he speaking to me? What does he want to know? Why is he speaking so slowly? Don't just stand there. I can't get my coat off. I provided the answer while tugging at her coat and cardigan and rolling my eyes. Within a couple of seconds, he was asking them to hold on to a piece of cotton wool where he'd punctured her arm. However, she now couldn't bend her arm because she was so enmeshed in her coat. Eventually, I managed to steer mum into the waiting room and handed her a crampon as I leant her against a wall and redressed her. It was mid-afternoon by the time mum wobbled into the house and her tea had gone cold by the time she'd gone to her bedroom to get out of her coat. I left the scarves in the back seat of the car if you're interested. Anyway, mum asked me to get her Wellington boots as she didn't want to get her shoes muddy when we went for a walk. If you've ever seen Chicken Run, think of Mrs Tweedy in her boots. I can honestly say the last time I saw a pair of legs like that, they were standing in a nest. <laughs> <laughs>